Hey, this is Mark. And this is Jay. We just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of NerdCage Live. And be sure to tune in to our live show on YouTube every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Before you start watching this video or listening to this, this is a full-blown spoiler discussion of Black Widow. So if you have not seen Black Widow yet, turn away now. That being said, hello and welcome. That's right, you're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. Please hit that like button and subscribe. I'm your co-host, Jay Sanji, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York, and always with me, the warrior from Wakanda, the fiend from Louisville, my man, Mark Withers, introduce our guest tonight. What's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual. And yes, tonight we have a couple of guest stars with us that are going to help us break down what we saw in the latest MCU release, Black Widow. First up is Wild Band. How are you tonight, sir? Hello, hello. Thank you guys for having me once again. Awesome. Thank you for being here. And of course, we are more than happy to welcome our good friend, Pest the Analyst. How are you tonight? I am doing fantastic. I've been training. I've been prepping. I'm ready to mirror you guys and kick everybody's ass. Let's do this. <laughs> Back by awesome. popular demand, by the way. <laughs> awesome, man. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right in. We all have a lot to say about this movie. Uh, we just did a spoiler-free review that's going to be up fairly soon. And I know that all of us sort of held back for fear of giving spoilers. So with this episode, we're just going to go ahead and let loose and just say everything that we liked about it, everything we didn't like. So, Jay, first off, what were your thoughts on this movie? <sighs> I'm sitting there in the theater with our moderator, Joe, and I'm just... All I kept thinking to myself is... Is this movie going to get better? Is this movie going to get better? <laughs> because I just, the movie just put a weird taste in my mouth from the jump. Listen, I just found it very odd that the choice of music they had for the opening titles was a cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. For those who don't know, that song is about deodorant. And they, <laughs> I'm dead serious, Teen Spirit's deodorant. <laughs> and the fact that they're having a song about deodorant and they try to put this feminine spin on it and try to make it all dramatic, like, yo, this don't work. This is not a good opening song to start this movie. <laughs> Did you, oh, anyone man. else find the music choice a little odd from the start? I can't be the only one. I mean, I didn't know that, but I was like, this is a weird song. Like, whether it's a cover or not, it's a weird choice to put for the opening credits. As I sat there doing the opening credits and the song played, it felt like they were trying to just be real dramatic and just kind of right. like pull you yeah. into all of the little things that they were showing. Because, I mean, what they were showing as the song was playing were very dramatic things. Uh, so it just kind of seemed like they were trying to put you in this tone. And I don't know if it was necessary to do. So like, I didn't hate the cover of the song per se, but it was just, it falls in line with my opinion of this movie. We'll get there. Okay. I may be the only one here that didn't 100% hate that version of the song. And I think it's because years ago, Tori Amos did a similar arrangement for the same song. And so I was already accustomed to hearing it in that way. And just to sort of defend it a little bit, 
you know, the opening lyrics to the song, load up on guns, bring your friends, it's fun to lose and to pretend. So I think that they were trying to at least use some of those lyrics to sort of illustrate what was happening to those girls at that time. It didn't quite work probably the way that they intended, but I can kind of see what they were going for. Okay. <laughs> it just didn't work for me. <laughs> and okay, credits and credits, credits do. Um, the beginning when they had the flashback from 1995, again, you could not notice the CGI on the de-aging. Like, I yeah, I, I didn't yeah, even notice there was some, that was yeah, I didn't really even notice there was some de-aging. I thought that they just used the actors' faces as was. Right, I did too. Yeah. So I thought that was really well done. <sighs> Listen, this is not a complaint from me because I'm a dude like everybody else, but I had a problem with the camera work of this movie, not just for like the fights. But the movies, the camera, there's for the longest time was like right up Scarlett Johansson's ass. Yes. Now, yeah. I'm not complaining that, oh my, oh my, oh my God, Scarlett Johansson's ass. I'm not complaining. Trust me, I'm right. not. <laughs> but we had a female director. Right. So yes. I'm watching yes. this movie like, I felt like this is something like a male director would do. Like, hey, let's zoom right in on ScarJo's ass and follow her around. And it's just like, I don't know, my eyes went straight to it. I felt like it was really focused on that. I thought, weren't they trying to like, and they just, there was an article that came out, an interview just came out recently how Scar Joe was upset about the ultra sexualization of her yeah. in Iron Man 2. Yeah. Yet in this movie, the camera's right on her ass. Yeah. I mean, you know, Cindy and I talked about that, you know, as we were watching it. I, for one, found it really odd and kind of out of place. I think that matches the vibe that I got overall from this movie, which was not to necessarily tell a good story but to just try and give the audience what they think that we want. You know, there's probably some executives over at Disney saying, you know what, the audience that likes these MCU movies, they like a lot of explosions and a lot of action. And this is a movie around Black Widow. So let's focus on the sexiness of her and like things like that. And they're not really bothering to like give us the story that Natasha deserves. That was right. the feeling that I got from it. Because we've gotten subtle teases of Black Widow's past in previous MCU movies, like small tidbits in Iron Man 2, small, a small tidbit in The Avengers. One of the biggest things was her adventures in Budapest and how she met Hawkeye and I got read in my ledger and I want to get it out. Right. And that was even when they dropped Dracov's daughter's like name. That's when they first dropped that. It's like, was Loki talking about her father? No, we're talking about the guy who ran the Red Room. Right. Uh, it's funny that the camera work is mentioned because uh, after the movie, my wife was just like, you know, what really bothered me was just the cinematography of this film. Like it was just the shots were weird. And I was like, you know, I was thinking that, but it didn't really bother me. But I can admit that, like the way they shot this movie at times, it was a little weird, uh, you know, focusing on Scarlett Johansson's ass. I'm not complaining. Right. But. <laughs> I noticed that right away, like, so we're just gonna get a, a, a whole screen of Scarlett Johansson's ass right now. Like the whole screen, just, just we're just gonna zoom in on that ass. I, <laughs> cool, you know, and it, and it is very weird because, you know, we have a female director here. So you would think that they would steer away from that, but they, they didn't. They were just like, yo, we're gonna give you a nice 10 seconds of ass just to get it out the way. Let's just, here, there, here's the ass. Let's move on. It was just kind of weird to me. <laughs> the director was handpicked by Scarlett Johansson, and she had her hands in the movie. She was the executive producer, which mm. I think was the biggest mistake 
because yeah, you give the main star like a some hand sort in of the power moon. over it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not gonna work. We see this fail in the past, whether it was Hugh Jackman and Wolverine or Christopher Reeve in the later Superman movies. It don't work when the main character or the actor or actress, you know, has control over the film and the story. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing too. There's one Easter egg in the movie where Black Widow's watching Moonracker, which is a James Bond film, which is the worst. No, I'm a James Bond fan, but that's the worst James Bond film of all time, in my opinion. And I found out that the director, that's her favorite James Bond movie, and hmm. she took cues from Moonracker making this film. And I'm like, yes. oh, yes, she the did. wrong inspiration. Yes, she <laughs> did. There's a lot of inspiration from that film in this movie. And and uh, I was, I actually uh, was doing the same thing. I was like, just kind of watching other people's takes on it, just to make sure that I wasn't losing my mind, right? Yeah. Where they were talking about the inspirations from that film. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I guess, you know, I guess um, having Scarlett Johansson be like the executive producer was probably a mistake. And it kind of does shine through this film. This film feels so different from a lot yes. of the other MCU movies. And I couldn't really put my finger on it. But as I listen to y'all talk about this, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. She was the executive producer. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Something feels weird about this movie. And granted, I kind of understand why they did that. Because, hey, this is her last appearance. She's done with the MCU. So we got to, like, give her, like, a little bit of an extra paycheck. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, if you're going out, let it be a somewhat of a high note where you have a little bit of power. You have the main billing, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to make sure that what the star is bringing to the table is not only what people want to see, but what makes sense story-wise and setup-wise. I would be curious to know the exact percentage of input that she actually had in the film. Because we've all heard of projects where someone has made an executive producer on something, but that's really just in name only, right? right? It's really just so that they can sort of have this credit. And maybe for all we know, maybe she had no input in it, or maybe she and the director had a specific vision, but the studio then came in with notes. And Mm -hmm. once the studio comes in with their notes, there's not a whole lot that you can do to kind of talk them out of these things. We were talking off camera uh, a few minutes ago about how, uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first MCU property under Bob Chapek. So Bob Iger, who was the CEO of Disney, has recently just fully stepped down. His replacement has fully taken over. And there have been some behind the scenes changes in terms of who the important executives are at Disney. And some of those people have been given some authority in the Marvel properties. And so I wonder if that has not influenced this movie, because you're right, Pest, this is the first MCU property that I can think of that doesn't have that connective tissue to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It really just kind of feels like an outlier. There's nothing to push the MCU forward. There's nothing that actually really connects it to the previous phase. It's just kind of out there on its own. Right, right. Like this this movie, okay. So so for anybody that, that sees this, right, know that I feel like this was not a bad movie. Okay, I don't think Black Widow was bad, but I do think it was unnecessary. Like yes. we didn't, we didn't need this movie. Right. It was, it was cool to have. It was a nice little farewell to this version of Black Widow. 
All right. We know that there's going to be another uh, version of Black Widow. We know this, right? It's going to probably be the Thunderbolts, you know, the Dark yes. Avengers version of Black Widow. So we know there's going to be another one, but this iteration of Black Widow was gone. And this was a nice little nod to her. But aside from that, why in the hell did we need this movie? Like this, right. this movie accomplished nothing. Kind of like the song in the beginning of the credits. It accomplished nothing. I yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Well said. I walk I walk away from this movie feeling a little empty. Like, but why though? Like, <laughs> and another thing Mark and I were talking about too is let's face it, the last few Disney Plus theater hybrid releases were not good, including this one. You had Mulan and you had Cruella. And then this film, this movie was postponed so many times. On top of that, kind of at the last minute, they said, we're going to put this available on Disney+. Plus. It made me wonder how confident everybody was over at Disney was in this movie because they were so eager to not only postpone it, but just to put it right on Disney+. Plus. That I'm not sure of because we know this movie was supposed to come out May of last year. Granted, Disney Plus had just come out November of 2019, but we had not heard anything about a hybrid release. It was just, oh, straight to theaters. And then the whole pandemic happened and then it had four delays. And now it's here both in theaters and on Disney Plus. I don't think it was a matter of, oh, the studio didn't have faith in it. I think it was just a matter of, we have this project that's been sitting in our stores for over a year. We need to put it out and try and recoup as much money as we can. Cause let's face it, even if they just put it out just in theaters, they were going to lose money anyway, just with the limited theater capacities that are still ongoing. I feel like the original release date of this movie is really irrelevant because this movie should have probably came out in 2016 or 2017, right I, I, after like Civil right War. After Civil like War. This, yeah. if, if this yeah. movie, if this movie, let's say, let's say COVID doesn't happen, this movie drops May 2020, I would still walk away from this like, why the hell are we just getting this? Like, this, yeah, this, this does nothing. Even, yeah, this, even right. if we factor in, the only thing that does something, and I'm sure we'll get into it here in a minute, is the post credit scene. Yep. And even yeah. that doesn't really do anything. No. No, yeah, this movie should have- that doesn't do anything. Yeah, this movie definitely should have come out. I'll even say this, it should have come out at the very least before Endgame. Yes, it could have come out either before or after Infinity War, but at the very least, it should have come out before Endgame. Because again, this is like a middle chapter in her story. This movie's DLC. I said this earlier. This movie yeah, is DLC. Yeah, but they did that. They would have changed the post credit scene because of her gravestone. Yeah. Yeah. Or not do that post credit scene. That post credit scene could have been anywhere. Yeah, yeah. it that, really could have. That post credit scene could be in any fucking movie. Any movie. It could be any anywhere. The, the movie could have ended and that post credit scene could have been saved for the end of Endgame. Right. Like that that post credit scene. Oh yeah, cuz Endgame didn't have a post credit scene. Right. That's correct. Yeah. Like that post credit scene is only relevant to this movie because it's the new Black Widow. Like that's the only relevance here. So right. like this movie is old Cracker Jacks, yo. Like <laughs> <laughs> This movie this movie is old Cracker Jacks and we starving and it's like well, shit, I guess I eat these old Cracker Jacks. They're not, that, they're not that good, but at least they still kind of sweet. Like, this is old-ass Cracker Jacks y'all giving us. 
<laughs> right. And it pains me more because this was a movie that I was really actually excited for. Not yeah. just because we hadn't gotten anything during COVID and because, you know, movies in general were sort of pushed back and pushed back. It was because, at least in the MCU, we never really got a full backstory for Natasha. Right. And here, I was kind of expecting that we would see a little bit about how she became Black Widow. Like, what was that training like? What was the abuse that she talked about? What was that like? You know, the very beginning of the movie, you know, they pick a year and the place where they're living, Ohio, I guess. Yeah. And then they show what happens like sort of them being taken away and then yeah, a little montage right and then it's 21 years later it would have been so much better of a movie if they'd have shown us five years later show us I, like what yeah. what was she like as a teenager what was happening there what are the things what are the events that like formed her psyche to I make see where her you're coming from. Right. You wanted you wanted a full blown origin story, and what we got was, hey, this is what happened after Civil War, and right, frankly, right. none of and us plus, cared. Plus, they were saying a lot during like even before COVID, like, oh, we're gonna find out what happened in Budapest. Right. I mean, we kind of did. We pretty much did, but honestly, I was expecting something else, not just a random bombing of the leader of the Red Room. What we got here was the Cliff Notes version of Natasha Romanoff. Like we got the Cliff Notes version. Right. Like she, like she was a kid. They were spies. They are not really family. Which you kind of figure that out as soon as like they get back to Cuba, and all of a sudden they're just like, take the girls, and 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 the dad, <laughs> and the dad's like, yeah, whatever, screw them. <laughs> like, what? I think that's another thing I was a little disappointed about is that oh. Family's not her family. It was just yeah. a cover story. Now, right. granted, her and her sister, uh, Yelena, I think was what that's her yes, name. Yes, Yelena. Yelena. The chemistry alone between Scarlett and Florence that was good. It mm -hmm. gave them a nice on-screen like sister relationship, but it wasn't a real relation. Now, granted, her family of the Avengers that wasn't familiar either. But I really wanted these guys to be an actual family like, oh, younger sister will take over the mantle of Black Widow in the forthcoming future of the MCU. Red Guardian will probably eventually see another appearance or two. Who knows now at this point? I mean, granted, one thing we know is that, oh, Florence Pugh is going to be showing up in Hawkeye. Great. David Harbour. Oh, I'd like to show up again and maybe we could do something. And he was the best part of the movie. I've trashed this movie Hands enough. Down. I have to gush. Red Guardian was freaking awesome. I thought he was the highlight. He was probably the funniest part of the movie. Not just that, but his reintroduction when he's in the prison arm wrestling these dudes. Oh, come on. That was great. That, that, yeah. that was he, peak MCU <laughs> right there. And then you he freaking... What? He broke Ursa Major's arm or wrist yes, he or did. whatever. <laughs> yeah. He did. You know what? I, I, this is what I will say about this movie uh, is that it does introduce us to characters that we would be interested in the future. Um, Red Guardian, I'm interested. Yes. I, I'd like to see more. Uh, you know, Yelena as a new Black Widow, I kind of like her personality. She's got my favorite line in the entire movie, which is weird and morbid, but it's my favorite line in the movie. And that's when they blow up the tower at the prison when they're breaking out Red Guardian. The avalanche is coming and she's like, this be a cool way to die. And I was yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I like you. I like it. Like, this 
yeah, and, and then she had my second favorite line in the movie, and we're gonna jump ahead a little bit when they sure. were getting ready to cut into her brain to see how her brain ticks. And she was like, "This is not a cool way to die." I was like, right. "Yes, <laughs> I like her. I like her." Yes. So like, there are characters here. The mom, I don't give a shit about the mom. Okay, I don't. Right. I really don't care about her. She's boring as hell. But like Yelena and the Red Guardian, I like them. I like to see more. Yeah. I hope we get more. I'm glad that we're gonna see Elena in Hawkeye. I hope that it's not like a one-off and we don't see her later down the line, which I'm sure they wouldn't. They wouldn't do all this work to right. establish the right. Dark Avengers and then they just, you know, pop up, you know, once or twice. But I, yeah, I don't think that'll be the case just because Hawkeye is gonna be another like six to nine episode Disney Plus series and based on like, oh, here's the guy that killed your sister. Go after him. Yeah. That's going to be like a minimum three episode appearance in that sure. show. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I want to see her throughout the MCU. Like, I think yeah. the character I, I think they, I think that they are setting that up for her right. to actually, you know, be the next Black Widow and to actually have an ongoing, I, dare I say it, career inside the MCU. Right. Similar what? to Don Cheadle as War Machine and, you know, some of the other characters. Right, whether that be a part of the Dark Avengers slash Thunderbolt, or maybe even as a leader slash member of the Young Avengers, because that's been heavily rumored the past year or two. Right, and it's clear that at least on Disney+, Plus, they're setting those characters up. They've introduced Wiccan and Speed. You know, we're getting a Riri Williams. We're getting- Miss um, Marvel. Ms. Marvel, you know, Sylvie Lushton from uh, Loki. So, I mean, there are characters sort of peppered in there, and I can't imagine that they would do that and not at least try to put out some iteration of the Young right. Avengers in some, yeah. some part. In so some yeah, where the movie succeeded, where a few of those characters that we just mentioned, but where this movie had an epic failure, oh, that the same reflection, Taskmaster. Yo! What the hell? Yo! <laughs> I, I will say this. <laughs> Who gives a shit if they gender bend the characters? It's identity. not about that. It's it, not yeah, about it, that. That doesn't matter. Execution, it's not about man. Execution. Guy, girl, whatever. That. But if you don't do something with this amazing fighter of a character, why even put Taskmaster in this movie? It could have just been a random female, like, cyborg assassin and we were right. like, like okay, iron whatever. man 3 mandarin all over again they, they screwed yeah. the pooch on this I went, one okay not that bad but i was i was angry about the mandarin i was like i was whatever about taskmaster i was disappointed but i was whatever i was bummed out about taskmaster no, no, no. too it is it is that bad it is that bad taskmaster is a very influential character in marvel okay yes we don't care that taskmaster is a female in this regard it makes sense right all of the badass mofos in the mcu are females right yeah. all of the scariest people in the mcu are females cool let's do it i'm down so i was not upset about the fact that taskmaster was a female although yeah. i did say oh they, they changed it to a chick okay cool right but right. the fact of the matter is is that you have relegated taskmaster into a forgettable villain at this point yes absolutely it's not even like the main villain it's the secondary villain yeah right Taskmaster, taskmaster is a character who could essentially kick everyone's ass okay by doing everything the hero would do copy right. spider-man's movie black panther right. 
copy right. everybody. And they got some of those facets right. You know, yeah, you, you they got, established you got that the, early on with the yeah. scanner and stuff. You know, you got the claws. You shoot the arrow. You've got the shield. You're doing moves like Spider-Man. Like you're doing some of the things that we expect you to do with Taskmaster. You're doing some of those things, but like Commit. you didn't. Yeah, like you decided that Taskmaster is not important enough to really make something significant out of this character. Yes. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's just some brainwashed asshole that's got a chip in the back of their head. Like what? Why? Right. Why not make this person have the actual abilities of Taskmaster, which is the ability to remember, the ability to download without actually having to download. If I fight you, if I watch you, if I see you, I can be you. Like, let's just make that person that. Because if the Red Room is making these femme fatales, why can't they make someone who has the ability? And maybe the explosion that almost killed her is what triggers her to be able to remember everything. And you go, right. we can use this. Let's make her a femme fatale and let's make her our most badass person. Like, it was and, so simple. And plus with characters like Spider-Man now in the MCU and the Fantastic Four and the X-Men on their way, we're paving the way for mutants and people with abilities not technology to be characters now so right. why not have taskmaster just have that ability see right. you study you copy you i can now beat you at your own game right yeah i think the bigger issue for me with taskmaster and with her father is that they really did not give either one of those characters a real motivation that we can look at and say you know what, maybe I don't agree with this person, but I see where they're coming from. Yeah. Like every other MCU movie, what has made the villain compelling is that they have allowed them to explain why they are doing the things that they're doing. Killmonger, yeah. Vulture, right. Thanos. I mean, you know, pretty much every major villain, what has made them interesting and compelling and made us actually care and made them memorable, it's the fact that they don't even realize that they're the villain. They're seeing things from a very specific point of view and they're looking at the heroes as the bad guy. You guys are in the wrong, the Avengers are wrong. And in this case, you know, the guy behind the curtain is just a power mad asshole, basically. Yeah. Who, yep. You know, and a misogynist who wants to exploit <laughs> yeah. young women. Yeah, you and, know? and there's no purpose. There is no purpose for Black Widows at this point. Right. No. Like initially there was a purpose at the beginning of the film. This is the reason why you send these spies to America to spy on us and get our information and come back to Russia. Maybe, you know, it seems like you're trying to, you know, screw us over or whatever for our past. But now that we get to the future, you're just like, I just hate women. I just I just don't like women and I want them to beat people up for me. Like, excuse me? Right. <laughs> but what's the end game? Oh, um, <laughs> beating people up <laughs> like no bro like <laughs> right. there's no end game to what you're doing here there's no end game like it's, right. it's not even like it doesn't even feel like you're trying to have world domination even though we kind of talk like he wanted to have world domination but it's like bro what's what's your plan what's your plan to dominate the world it's just have a bunch of females beating people up like the avengers the avengers kick the shit out of aliens that right. came through a wormhole in space. And your thing that's going to make you topple the world is a bunch of females who can fight good. And that's the thing, but the execution, I'm sorry, like 
you can tell that Taskmaster was played by a man. And yes. then they had her take the helmet off. They just copied and pasted the yo, actress when, when head she, on there. When, when she so took, the execution she, was just so odd. <laughs> yo, when she, when she took that helmet off, it looked like the fucking waiting room in Beetlejuice. Yo, you remember the <laughs> remember in Beetlejuice where the hey, head we ah, streaks his head? That's what it looked like. I was like, yo, what I was saying it was so odd. There were so many the execution throughout this movie, where it was the CGI, the camera work, the fights, the way this movie was executed was just mind-boggling because it was such a step backwards from what we're used to from these Marvel films. Yes. Yeah. And are we not gonna talk about the accents? Like the beginning of the movie, yeah. the entire family, completely perfect American accents, no trace of them sounding Russian. But here we are years later, now Red Guardian sounds like Yakov Smirnov. You know what I mean? Like why, if you have the ability to speak perfect English, why would you then go back to having like an accent? That part really bothered me. You could argue reason. that um, Yelena, since she was so young, she just picked up the accent from growing sure. up in there. Yeah, yeah. But and like, that makes sense. And Natasha, like, oh, she spoke some Russian, but she was also speaking English, so that's whatever. But like, yeah, the mom and the dad just keep speaking English. Like, nothing wrong with the accents. I thought the accents sounded fine. It's funny at points with David Harbour, but like, if the characters at the beginning of the movie are speaking perfect English and then a 20 year time skip happens and they're speaking Russian again all of a sudden. Okay. Yeah, like at least <laughs> reference the fact, you know, like maybe a blurb of, thank God I don't have to speak in that God awful American accent again. Something, something. Yeah. Yeah. something. Just reference it so that it doesn't feel unexplained or forced. Like it just, and, and, that's, and that's very nitpicky, right? It's yeah. very nitpicky, yeah. but it just speaks to the overall feel of this film. It feels unpolished. And speaking, yes. speaking of nitpicky, so on most of the posters, you saw Black Widow's like supplier friend on the poster. He didn't need to be on the poster. He was in the movie for like less than five minutes. Yeah. yeah. And like, if you don't know who he is, then you don't know who he is. Like most people see him and don't realize that he used to be in S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. So, but there's no one that explains that. There's no explanation to it. So either you know or you don't. And right. so it's just like, oh, is this one of Natasha's little something-somethings that's hooking her up? Or like, and I thought that at first, that when she was when he was sleeping in her bed at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, is this a one-night stand slash boyfriend right. they have now? Oh no, it's just your supply guy who's no, it's a just, friend. Yeah, it's just yeah, but he is a prominent character in the comic books. Yeah, but we they don't even tell us that. They don't even say like he doesn't mention like oh you know I go from being an agent of Shield to an arms dealer like nothing. Like, give us again unpolished. Just little, right. little yeah. small fine points that make this film feel unpolished. And it's that big, pretty much sums up the whole movie, basically. Which is yeah. which is weird to say that this movie's unpolished because apparently, according either to the director or somebody from Disney, I forget which, they said they haven't touched this movie since last summer. That's oh. a fail. That's a bucket wow. of fail. That's yeah. a bucket of fail if, the, if that's the case because they could have took some time, you know, since they had nothing better to do, right? But to look over this shit and go, you know, we can fine tune this a bit. <laughs> <laughs> we could fuck. We could probably fine tune this a little bit, maybe. But I think, earlier to what um, Wild Band was saying is that you know they had to get this movie out because it's been sitting there. When a movie sits, it's the crew and interest, you know, for the studio making the movie more expensive. The longer it sits, and they had to put it out, they probably didn't want to do any more reshoots or polishing because they probably felt we don't want to put any more money into this movie. and It's already cost us too much money to begin with. 
Right. And right. Plus, you have to factor in like, oh, they got to put out new posters, new marketing for for the new release dates. Yeah. Right. And going back to the mentality of this movie in their minds probably was a home run. I definitely get the vibe that they were thinking that like, oh, we're giving the Marvel fans exactly what they want with this movie. Or at the very least, they just thought it was good enough. Right, good enough. Right. Yeah. There are a couple of likable characters that we want to see more of, but the movie as a whole is a mess. Terrible villain, easily one of the worst villains. This is definitely bottom tier Marvel. You know, this is a step backwards, narratively speaking, and quality speaking. It was a huge step backwards. So I know on our live stream, I gave it a six, but now that I had time to digest and think about it more, the more I dislike this movie, I have to give it a 4.5 out of 10. In our rapid review, I gave it a five out of 10. I think I'm gonna keep that rating here. You know, there were some redeeming factors in this movie, particularly with the cast. Everybody in the cast I thought was great with what they were given to work with, you know, particularly David Harbour, as we mentioned, Florence Pugh, Rachel Weisz was good in it, even though her character wasn't particularly interesting. It just really failed to deliver on story, in my opinion. And it was one of the rare films that I've actually regretted seeing. Even like usually when I see a movie that I don't like, it's like, well, you know, at least I know this isn't my cup of tea. But in this case, I feel like Marvel has had close to a perfect track record up until this point. And this is really not up to the normal standard. And I almost wish that I had never laid eyes on it. I can say I don't regret seeing this movie, but I don't see myself owning this movie when it comes out on physical media. I maybe will see it once or twice more if family members want to see it, but I still stand by my six out of 10 rating. I liked it enough to where I would maybe see it once or twice more, but that's it. Um, again, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, and Scarlett Johansson gave good performances, but with weird choices, the Taskmaster reveal being very predictable, once they said Dracov's daughter, before the flash, I was like, oh, she's going to be Taskmaster. Plus some spotty CGI near the end of the movie. And the fact that this movie should have been released four to five years ago. I say at least see this movie once. Like, just, hey, a final goodbye to Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow. But if you don't see it, you're not going to miss anything. Aside from the post credit scene. But that's really it. As I've sat here and I've kind of gone over this movie with you guys and we talk about some of the things, you know, I feel like this movie is still average. Um, it's a very average movie. Uh, I said that I feel like this movie is unnecessary. I still feel like this movie was unnecessary. I don't regret watching it, but I kind of regret the money that I spent to go see it in theaters. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I could have used that money somewhere else. But it is something that I would say, you know, if you are a fan of the overarching Marvel Universe, then you should check it out at some point, some point, and then not worry about watching it again after you've seen it, because I will probably not see this movie again. This is getting filed away, in my opinion, about like the first two Thors. Like, I don't need to see it anymore, ever again. So my rating, I'd probably give this maybe a, a five and a half out of 10. It's not bad, but it's also not good. There are some redeeming qualities. There are some characters that I really enjoy. There are some things that I hope we can build upon for the future, but overall, like this movie is still Cracker Jack Shaw. <laughs> so I'm still the person who liked it the most out of the four of us. <laughs> it was like, yeah, 4.5, a 5, a 5.5, a 5.5, and a 6. 
So you're doing there. So, <laughs> so you guys can average it. We can average it together, and that's yeah. what our overall so thought. We're, we're all in the middle. It's all, and we're all giving it an average score. Okay. So right. At least there's some consistency here. Yeah. <laughs> and one question for everybody before we call the night: Are you guys a little bit worried for the future of Marvel movies moving forward? Will Shang Chi step up, or is this a sign of things to come? I'm not concerned at all. Okay. Marvel puts out some bangers. Marvel falls on their face sometimes. Like I'm not concerned. I, I I'm just ready for the next one, and uh, we'll see how this thing goes. So no, I'm not concerned at all. Yeah, okay. I don't think I am either. I think Shang Chi. Shang Chi will probably have the normal Marvel formula feel. Where we'll have like, well, we know that Abomination and Wong was in the trailer. It's like, oh, there was nothing really like that in Black Widow. So like, oh. And then, of course, Shang-Chi himself is going to be probably set up for more future appearances, probably other things that will happen in the movie. But no, yeah, we will probably be fine moving forward with either Disney Plus releases with the shows or with future theatrical releases. I think this will be fine. Yeah, I think all signs kind of point to this being an outlier, particularly because, you know, this is sort of Scarlett Johansson's swan song in the MCU, at least for now. And I get the impression that because it's not connected to anything going forward, that the care level was lower on this than any of the other properties that actually yeah. connect with each other. Very good point. Very you know, I think if you look at like what's going on on Disney Plus with the MCU shows, there's great care taken with those. And so the quality level, I think, in this film is not necessarily an indicator of things to come. Okay. Yeah. Very I agree. well said. So, gentlemen, uh, this was an absolute fun discussion. I know uh, Pest has got a role here soon, so go ahead and plug yourself in. Hi, I'm Pest the Analyst of PTA Sports. You guys can find me on YouTube at PTA Sports. You can also find me on Twitch at PTA Sports. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Pestilence, P-E-S-T-A-L-A-N-C-E. It's spelled wrong. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I do uh, some sports on my YouTube. Uh, I play video games on Twitch. And uh, you guys will see more of me here, so don't even worry. So thank you guys, I appreciate y'all. Wild Band, plug away, man. All right, well, Wild Band is my YouTube. That's wild stuff with two L's. Uh, right now, I am reacting to a multitude of shows. I'm watching Loki, I am watching Godzilla Singular Point, and I'm watching Star Wars The Bad Batch every week. On Twitch, I am WildGamer23. Again, spelled with two L's. I do gaming every now and then. I need to get back into it. <laughs> But um, I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and every other thing, either Wild Band or Wild Gamer. You can find me at any, any which way. Uh, I'll be appearing again on Nerdcade soon with me and Mark talking about our thoughts on Loki and then me coming back for the watch party of the Suicide Squad next month. Excellent. Looking forward to that one. And uh, Mark. That awesome Facebook group that we've been working on. <laughs> yes, if you have not checked it out yet, we now have a Nerd Cage Live discussion group on Facebook. It's not just to talk about the show or the channel, but it's a place for us lovers of film and TV and comics and games and all things nerdy to kind of just congregate and talk about those things. We also allow other content creators to come and promote their stuff in this discussion group. So come check us out. Uh, again, thanks for everyone who stopped in. Thanks for everyone hearing us rant about Black Widow. Of course, uh, more stuff to come your way. So that being said, before we go, we ask you to pretty please like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread that shit like Sofa Su USA from New Jersey, 
to Louisville, to Phoenix, Arizona, to Syracuse, New York, and to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerd Cage Live. As always, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Deuces. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerd Cage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerd Cage Live! <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs>